0: Welcome to the Mike Litton Experience Podcast. Mike has over 31 years experience in real estate, finance, and investing. He's passionate about being a father, a teacher, a realtor, an investor, and a leader. Everyone has a story, and our passion is to help them tell it. And now, introducing the host of the Mike Litton Experience, Mike Litton. So what can you expect from the Mike Litton Experience? You can expect stories that will inspire, motivate, advice that will sharpen your focus, and expert information on real estate, finance, and market conditions. Kaylee Boisvert, thank you so much for joining us as our guest on the Mike Litton Experience. I was so excited that we were gonna do this today. I barely slept last night. I'm so excited about the value that you're bringing to people in terms of finance. It's so unbelievably important, especially today with the economy being the way it is and all that. I'm very, very proud of you already, and I haven't even had a chance to talk with you. So like we talked about before we hit record, everybody has a story, and our passion is to help them tell it. And so with your permission, we're going to start with where you were born. We'll go all the way up to today. And then we can talk about anything that you're working on today. I want to talk about your two books. And then I also want to talk about anything that you're working on. So we've had a number of authors on that they're, they've written, you know, two, four, six, ten 10 books, whatever, right? One guy was One guy's written 13 and he's literally in the middle of another one, right? Because it seems like you write your first one and then the dominoes start falling and you start writing more and more. So, because from the first one come all kinds of ideas, right? And suggestions from people. So if you're working on another book, we'd love to have you back when that's ready. And, you know, when you're ready to release it and we can promote that too, if that's okay. Absolutely. It's so great to have you here. So tell us where you were born.
1: Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you for having me on. And thank you for being so excited first about this topic too. Oh, I'm so pumped
0: about this. I know you can't tell because I hide it well, but right (laughs)
1: So I'm in Canada. I was born in Kelowna, B.C. in Canada. Okay, it's a nice place in Canada. We have like our, you know, lakes and mountains and stuff in that area. Um, and interesting about like my background, I guess, and and kind of how it all like ties into what I do now. Um, my parents divorced pretty early on. I was about six or seven years old when they separated. Um, my mom was a single mom then and she was raising myself and my sister I, my sister is um, two years older than me and so she was really on her own at that point um, financially completely on her own mm-hmm. and um, I from witnessing that and from seeing that um, I, I started to kind of pick up like these this theme of like money being a source of like stress and struggle and um, because I sort of, you know, you, you care about your parent very dearly, and you kind of can see sort of what they're going through, they, you know, they don't let you privy to all the details, but you know what's going on, and, and so what kept showing up for us was that it was like money, money was like the, the limiting factor, it was, you know, you can't have the toys, you want. we can't afford that, I don't, you know, I don't have enough money for that, um, and so at the same time, though, I was really interested in math, so having an older sister, I would get her to, like, let me do her math, which I mean, she was happy for because she hated math. So I would do her math homework and everything. So loved math. And then there was money struggle. And then I realized, I'm like, what if money is like math? and if I can figure it out because with math I love that you can figure it out you can solve a problem you get the answer mm-hmm. so I was like what if then money is like that because money is based on numbers as well maybe I can figure it out and then I can help people I can help my mom or help people like my mom so they never have to go through that stress and struggle because money stress and struggle it is huge it is a big deal and I don't think we even are aware of like the impact on our lives it has like there's moments I have to remind myself because where I'm at in a place in my life I'm a single mom I have my kids and you know my daughter doesn't really like have things that she lacks or doesn't get because of our finances like my situation has really changed but um thinking back then like I tell her sometimes I'm like if we were cold in the winter we would have to like put our feet on the furnace and like put a blanket over and stuff because I'm like my mom was not turning off the heat and if you left a room with like the light on or something like that like you were in big trouble yeah
0: and and we're talking about Canada (laughs) yes Right, we're yeah, not talking cold. about we're cold. not talking about the tropics. Okay, no. we're talking about it Canada, cold. where it is freezing. Okay,
1: and I was like, no, no, that's too expensive. Like, oh my goodness gracious, just bundle up. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so nice to now yeah. be able to turn on my heat. But um, so growing <laughs> oh, up actually. like that and the I know the stress, the struggle, and wanting to figure it out. So I became the student of everything money. Um, and numbers, and I wanted to learn everything about it. And that just stuck with me years and years and years to a point where I knew I wanted to go to business school, learn about finance. Um, and then once I was learning that, I was reading all the different money books, investing books, and then you know, taking all this knowledge in, I wanted to share it with other people and I wanted to help people. Um, again, looking back at my childhood, seeing how, you know, poverty and money scarcity, how much I can impact people's lives, that I just wanted to like, you know, what I was learning, I was like, well, this isn't like rocket science. Anyone can do these things. Like it, it, I realized it was very simple So I just was like, wow, like I need to share this as much as I can with the world. So that's where I started building my business focused on supporting women in their financial lives. Being that, um, again, it kind of starts from my childhood wanting to have helped my mom. I wish someone was out there sort of able to help her more so at the time. And so I want to support women, um, in an industry that still has been quite male dominated. Um, I wanted to be that voice for women so women can feel comfortable and, um, they can feel welcomed in and not like you know money is a big daunting topic but it's like here here's me you know i did it let me help show you what you can do yeah, and, just, and build those healthy habits and and gain some financial literacy and that's where it all kind of started from for me
0: i just love your passion i i'm just oh my goodness okay let me back up for just a second yeah where you grew up was called what it's in mm-hmm. canada
1: it's called Kelowna.
0: Kelowna, okay. Kelowna. Very nice. Very yeah, nice. so what was your favorite thing about growing up there?
1: Um, The, like, the beaches. So it wasn't that we were, like, on the ocean, but there was lakes and stuff, so we would always spend time at the beaches, which is fun, right, as a kid. Yeah,
0: that's um, most fun time, right?
1: Yes, yeah, so it was a great place to grow up, and then yeah, learning my little, you know, I skipped over the money savvy ways I was learning as a kid too, but those are, things think, impactful and important to share as well. So, and I talk about this in, I'm trying to remember. No, I don't know. Yeah, I think I talk about this in my book, Make Money Your Thing, um, kind of my beginnings with money too, and how um, I had my aha moment of how I can, you know, change my financial path when it was like i was begging my mom for a super nintendo and i wanted one so bad and my friends had them and i was like i want one and she's like you know we can't afford that no i'm not gonna buy you a super nintendo and i kept begging her and then one day she changed her answer and she was like if you want one so bad you should just buy it yourself save up your money yourself and i was like what like your mind blown as a child like that's not a no, that was a, a new idea, like a new solution. And Here's how, right? Yeah, yeah. and just from that point, out, like I started saving so diligently and I think it took me like a year to save up for that and I bought my own Super Nintendo and it was like the greatest feeling in the world. I remember going into Future Shop, like grabbing the Super Nintendo, paying with my own money and feeling so proud that it was like my money. I was and it meant Nintendo.
0: so much more to you.
1: Oh, it did. And I just, and I want people to remember that feeling because I think a lot of us have that from when we were kids or something along the way. And we kind of forget that or lose sight of that with money. But I want people to go back to that experience because it is very uplifting and positive and it's coming from a position of possibility. Cause you're right. There's a lot of like hard things going on with money and finances for people. And that's like, that's devastating to see and hear for someone who I want like everyone to do well and thrive. And, um, can we come back to those like early memories where we could see it from the possibilities and it was more positive experience of like okay what can I do and and that's where sometimes like the creative new ideas come in instead of that scarcity mindset that can be really heavy and and all-encompassing like when you're in it and bills just keep coming at you of course you know the mindset is like oh I can't get out of that and well
0: it it feels like it's this big yes and it feels like it's something you're carrying around and it starts to permeate your entire life. It affects your, it affects your health. It affects your, your lifestyle. It affects the way that you, I mean, even, even what you eat, right. Yeah. And how you take care of yourself. And if you make, make time to take care of, and a priority to make, to take care of yourself, that kind of thing. I mean, it is, it is all encompassing. And if you've ever been in a place and I have, you ever been in a place where you're struggling financially and you're digging your way out. Once you dig your way out, you're like, this, this is right. It's like that feeling of the Nintendo thing, right? You dig your way out and you get there and you're like, Oh my goodness, I've never felt this free. I've never felt this triumphant. I'm, you know, right. And and, and then, like you said, you just want to share it. You want to share with people that it's, it's not rocket science. You can do this. It's just a matter of a little bit at a time. Right. And, and make, you know, implement the right type of disciplines and you're fine.
1: Yeah, you're right. Like there's some steps you have to take some action, of course, but it's not that big. It's not that you have yeah. to be born into a wealthy family. It's not that you have to, you know, go do some sort of finance degree and be a money genius. Like no, Or win the lottery.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, absolutely not. And and the point you were saying about that carrying that weight of it, I think what's really important to note too, when it comes to money, mm-hmm. um, obviously, like when we're carrying that weight oftentimes it's like we're hiding it too like it's it's something that's embarrassing and that we're like ashamed of when it comes to money so it's almost like we have to like do it alone too and we feel so like it it, isolated like we don't talk you don't go out there and be like oh guess what credit card balance i have like it's it's sort of seen as this topic of like you know it's not something we talk about and things like that but it it needs to be it needs to be something we communicate more about because there's so many people like Suffering in silence, carrying that heavy burden where, hey, let's talk about it, let's get it out there. That might help just heal you and feel better, but it might also help like kind of come up with ideas and, and solutions and, and just some like more optimism on like what you're going to do to take the steps to move past it.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And the thing is people suffer in silence.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? They're going through all kinds of things. And what it does is it manifests itself. In other types of activity, other types of behavior. So you're stressed, you're struggling, you're you're suffering, you're burdened, right? All this stuff. And all of a sudden you got to go to work. And then yeah. something happens at work and somebody looks at you the wrong way and you snap at them and you go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That wasn't me. I'm, I'm nice. I'm an, I'm a nice person. I, I actually love people. What am I doing? I'm yelling at my kids.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. I just yelled at the dog. For being a yeah. dog, right? I mean, the <laughs> you know what I mean.
1: Stress, yeah, we're yeah, being it's like very... it affects you in
0: such a way. Road rage, right? There are people that get into road rage incidents, and you look back and you start sort of peeling back the layers of the onion, and all of a sudden you find out there's somebody that's really close to them that's in the hospital and they can't pay the hospital bill, or there's you know they're having some sort of right. A lot of times yeah. it comes back to finances. Yeah. And it's just yeah. unbelievable. It can ruin your life. I mean it's Oh,
1: absolutely. Crazy. It's yeah, crazy. it's a huge topic that we don't again, it's like we don't give enough time to. We don't you yeah. don't see like therapists specialize like there's some now and more and more popping up, but like therapists that specialize in like money and money trauma and um all those topics that are very big topics, but again, it's like cause we keep it so deep and like hidden that it's like we won't even talk to a professional who's, yeah. you know, in confidence about yeah.
0: it. It's like a, it, well, it's embarrassing. And it's like, a, yeah. it's like the ostrich syndrome, right? That people bury their head in the sand because yeah. it's bad news. And so they just avoid it.
1: Yeah.
0: Then it gets worse. Right. Yeah. And then it snowballs and then it's, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're having to move because you lost your house. You're you're, you can't drive because you lost your car, you know? Right. And it's like, eventually you get to a point to where it's like this is just too much yeah. and you know the time to arrest this is now while you're struggling and while you're having a time there's no time like the present and right now is the time to, to get on it let me ask you a couple other real quick questions I think I know the answer but I pretty much ask, ask everybody this so right so bear with me I apologize so growing up who was the most influential person to you
1: my mom yeah. Yeah. Your hero. She was, yeah. 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 Like she was so, you know, despite being like we we were like had nothing to report, but she would make things so fun. Like everything was still an adventure. And like you can you can still kind of make adventures. Like kids for kids, everything is. like your imagination. So it's like it would be our birthday and you know, she would take us out for a fancy dinner for her birthday but it would be just like fast food or something but yeah. she would have us like sit in the car and close our eyes and she would like have us try to guess you know where do you think we're, I'm taking you to and she would go like different windy ways so we couldn't wow. figure it out and just like little things like that um stood out to me so much as just like fun adventures that we still got to do and, and made things more exciting and um and just yeah seeing that she did go through this financial struggle um but she did like she provided us she did you know everything she could, like she worked so hard, and so I got to see, um, you know the true meaning of like hard work, which was mm-hmm. a good lesson for me, um, because it just, you know, I realized what we're capable of and how I could work and, and you know, do things and and see real results and like sometimes it is just really hard work. So nothing seems like hard work anymore to me after, you know, seeing witnessing her and and yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it, everything else is easy, right?
1: Yeah, I'm like, oh, this is easy. Every like hard, I'm like, well, at least you know, I'm not like working at Dairy Queen having to clean the bathrooms anymore and things like that. I'm like, this right. is easy. Like, how can we say life is hard?
0: Yeah, exactly. So another question, and I think I already know the answer because you're really good at this. But here's the question: F- your favorite subject in high school?
1: <laughs> easy, right? <laughs> I love math. It's love down. It. Yeah, people are just so weirded out by them. I mean, like, I'm so fascinated by it. It makes, because it makes so much sense and you get an answer. With other subjects, it's like, there's not like a a clear, so did I do it right? Am I on the right track? It's like, well, like, <laughs> there's more of like a gray area, but I'm like math, It's there's less gray area. And it's, yeah, to me, it all just makes sense. So I love yeah, it. it's either
0: right or it's wrong, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It, that's cool, you know? Yeah. it's cool. yeah. So in high school, did you play any sports or any extracurricular activities?
1: No, I didn't. Like, I was not very athletic. So I knew that early on.
0: Any clubs (laughs) or anything?
1: I stuck away from it. No, but I have, like, some fun memories of, like, so when we were doing, again, this ties into math and numbers, we were doing computer class. And, like, this was my, like, trophy win. Um, We had an assignment where we had to, it was like grade seven. We had to pick stock. And and we were learning Microsoft Excel, so we'd have to like pick stocks and like like write down our stocks and the prices we're buying them, and then we had to track them and see how well they did, yeah, Yeah, through the term and who you know whoever did the best like won or you know she's the best portfolio or whatever. But I remember uh, mine did the best. Like I didn't even know what the stock was, and he explained it, and then I like thought about you know companies that I use and that I actually spend like my babysitting money on and things like that, and um. Yeah, my picks did the best. And I and then I won like the award in computers that year. And it was like the only trophy moment I ever had. I'm like, I won a trophy because I wasn't athletic. So I was like, this is amazing. I won like a stock picking trophy in grade seven. And this is, yeah, the, the foundations were being laid for That's where it. I ended up later on in life.
0: That's so, it because it's finance, baby, <laughs> right? Awesome. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. awesome. Yeah. Okay. So you graduate from high school. Where do you go from there?
1: Um, right to university. So I was working part-time at Dairy Queen and I was like a stellar employee. Um, I went all the way from like trainee to supervisor to like man assistant manager. And so of course, like my managers like pressure me like to go on the management route. Like I right. could have went that way and like you could be the manager and this and that. And I was like, the heck no i'm going to university like no this is not i have like much bigger goals so right. yes i was good yeah and he knew my stuff but i'm like i need to use my talents elsewhere um so i did university and i knew you know my mom couldn't help fund university or anything like that and we sort of learned growing up that like you know debt and credit cards and all that was like a no-no so i paid for it all myself i worked i like I picked up, I started working at Pizza Hut and Ikea and I would work double shift and save up to pay for my semester. And then I would do that sort of every summer to pay for the next one. And so I finished my university degree um, with no student loans and yeah.
0: Wow. So what did you get your degree in?
1: It was business in finance.
0: (laughs) Awesome. I love it. So you graduate from high school, you graduate from college, Yes. Then where do you
1: go? I moved to Vancouver, which was like the big city of Canada. One of the two biggest cities in Canada. All by myself and, you know, into the working world. And I'd never even gone there in my life. I just moved there. Like I just grabbed two suitcases and said, I'm moving to Vancouver. <laughs> wow. Never been there in my life. Uh, so I moved there and it was so fun. Like I had to find work and um, yeah, it was the first time, you know, looking at real jobs i guess now that i had my degree and everything and then you know i was several months in and i realized i kind of missed my family (laughs) so i came back home (laughs) but it was a great experience and it was perfect timing because it was actually right around like then the financial crisis was hitting and everyone was losing their job. So I moved yeah. back to my city, had a job. And I found out like all the people were laid off at the company I was with. It was very tech-based. So they just outsourced all the jobs and everyone lost their work. And wow. Dodged a bullet there.
0: No kidding. No kidding. So there are a lot of people that recommend moving away from home, moving to a yeah. city where you don't know anybody, right? Yeah. And, prefer- and they say a big city, right? Yeah. Is that something you'd recommend?
1: Oh, a thousand percent.
0: And it why just is that?
1: teaches you like you have to figure everything out you're like where's the nearest grocery store you know how am i going to get the groceries back to the house i didn't have a car right <laughs> so was like and it was like uber wasn't a big thing either so it was like right. all these things you like figure out and you learn and you you have to meet people because you're like by yourself you like randomly start you know talking to people or finding ways to socialize and and everyone is so nice when you share that you're just you know new to the city they mm-hmm. want to show you around and And then you get to see it from like their experiences of like, this is my favorite restaurant. You know, this is the best place to go for this or that. And um, it was so fun. Like, it's just, I think it teaches you just like what you're capable of. It's this independence thing that, and this confidence building that you can't, yeah, like you can't do that any other way. And and once you have those like skills and that foundation, like that transfers anywhere in your life. You know that you're capable of like, being in an uncomfortable situation and, and learning new things and being in places and figuring things out. Like that's something no one can take away from you.
0: It's a real proving ground, right? It Cause is. you're plopping yourself in the middle of some place where you don't know anybody. Yeah. Like you said, you don't have a car. You, you, know? you got to figure out where to live. You got to figure out where you're going to get your groceries. You got to figure out how you're going to get them back to the, to the, to where you're living. Right. I mean, it's like, you know, you got to yeah. figure this stuff out and yeah. it's, and it's an adventure. You're yeah. You're out there sort of figuring out the city and figuring out where the best places are to go, you know, to relax and to go yeah. for entertainment and to go to eat and right, all those things. So it's that's cool,
1: yeah. Adventure for sure. Like we get very comfortable sometimes in our lives, so those things force us out of our comfort zones. It's so beneficial, like there's so much learning in that,
0: and it builds confidence.
1: It does. We need confidence. so you go.
0: So you go back home. Yeah. And where do you go to work?
1: I start working with a stockbroker. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like a couple days in working with him. He's driving like the Porsche and stuff. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Like I want to do what he's doing. Cause I'm just like the admin, right. I'm just answering email, doing the paperwork. And I was like, no 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 i want to do what he's doing and right. so that's what set me on the path to be like no i'm going to be the advisor i'm going to be the one that gets to you know work with clients directly and all those things like again i saw like bigger opportunities than than just what i was in but i you know landing this does that This not
0: surprise me this does not <laughs> surprise me before i even got on with you i knew this was the way you were and being with you for 30 minutes i this is none of this surprises me hmm. in the Yeah. <laughs> So
1: I said to myself, I'm gonna do what he does. And at the time I was young and um, I felt like I had to learn more. Again, I'd been like a student of the stock market and everything, but I wanted to learn everything. Like how can I figure it all out? So I have this like mass amount of knowledge where I can really help people and know what I'm doing and and help like benefit them and their, and help them in their financial lives. And so I set out just like learning more and I did my master's, um, my MBA. And, um, just like courses like that to really build that. I thought that I needed all this knowledge when really there is a part of it where you kind of just have to dive into, you, you can get all the knowledge and still just kind of sit there for a while. Um, but then, um, what really pushed me to take that leap of going on my own and building my own business was, um, I had my daughter, so I was on my maternity leave and, Going back from that, I realized, like, I want to really be doing something that matters to me. Like, now I have this little person that's, like, I'm looking out for and, you know, looking up to me. And I want to be doing, like, what I set out to be doing, which is I've always wanted to help women in their finances. So that was, like, the catalyst to push me to go on my own.
0: You want to be broker. a role model like your mom was you. Yeah. Cool. yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back for just a second. So you go to work for the stockbroker. Yeah. And you decide you want to do what he does. Yeah. So what do you do next?
1: Um, I start taking courses because I thought, well, I have to know it all. Right. <laughs> um, which of course you have to understand probably just comes with years of experience too. But I was yeah. like, no, step one, you need the knowledge, I always yeah. thought. So I just started like enrolling in all the different courses and like a different like courses we could take in our industry about different topics. I thought that was the way to go. It was so, still the way to go, but I think I took kind of a slow path.
0: That's okay. Describe the courses you took.
1: So things like, uh, for all those, I guess, like mathy, like let's get real. And So it's like options course, like options licensing, which is not just even buying and selling stocks, but they're like derivative products on stocks for your, like setting up these other alternative strategies. I started doing the CFA program, which is the Chartered mm-hmm. Financial Analyst program, had three levels. It's a grueling process. And it's like based on one exam, there's like seven textbooks, but thousands of pages of wow. information that you have to do. And yeah, one test it all relies on, which is a full day. It have like once a year. It's so stressful. It happens like all around the world too. It's crazy. Wow. And only a certain amount of people pass. And um, so yes, going on that path, doing that. Um, yeah, all sorts of real, real numbers. Me and my numbers.
0: I love that. I love that. So you take these courses. Yeah. And you end up, do you end up leaving the stockbroker or do you end up going to work with him?
1: Yeah, like I I thought I could work with him because there's always like the thought they, they want to like, they say, they kind of like dangle the carrot. This industry is infamous for that. But they're like, yeah, you can, you know, be more of like a, associate or start kind of being a partner role like do this this and that you start doing all the things but then they never really give you that full freedom and and I just was like experiencing that and I was like "Mm." and it was like years and years of that realizing like I was growing and building and doing the you know tasks of an advisor but I was still sort of underneath the main advisor and I realized you know I had all these initiatives I wanted to do like um sessions for just women on different topics. And and so I had all these ideas in me brewing and it's like, they didn't really want to execute on it. It didn't really make sense to their business. And so that's when I realized, like, if I want to do these things, I can't be in this setup. I have to start my own thing.
0: Okay. So how do you, so then you go out and start your own company?
1: Yeah. So you start your own, like, advisory business. You okay. have to be tied to a firm. Right. But you have no clients and you're making no money. (laughs) So I'm a single mom with a one-year-old doing an MBA. And then I'm like, this is a great idea. I'm gonna start from scratch. And the failure rate for new advisors is really high. Yeah. um because again you're not making money for the first few years or it's like really hard and then eventually a lot of people just drop out and so you know they we, they call it the rookie program they bring us in on knowing that they're like about well, 70 80 you won't be here in a year or two and i'm like that was just like to me like fuel to the fire i'm like because i'm going to be the person i'm like the least expecting suspecting person i'm like the five foot two small female that looks way younger even than she is and you know all those things working against me and in a male-dominated industry and in my head I'm like I'm gonna do it like I'm gonna be the one and I'm like I'm not only gonna do it but I'm gonna be the best of the class right Right. I'm gonna bring in the most business and I did it like I I worked so hard like it wasn't easy it's not just like click it's done Um, it was grueling like there was moments where I mean I see why women don't necessarily gravitate towards the industry um, there's a lot of like rejection um, it can feel yeah very lonely you're kind of like a lone wolf just like having to build a business by yourself and in an industry that you know has somewhat given itself a bad name so you're this advisor, I you know help manage people's money and people have a lot of horror stories of like you know like something that happened to their parents or something I hear from a bad advisor not doing a great job so um it doesn't feel like the most loved profession either and i'm like <laughs> i just want to help people with their money like i thought it was yeah. great but most people you like you're at a networking event you're like i'm a financial advisor and they're like they like turn away <laughs> just like, Wow. just <laughs> beer it's like when you say you install sell insurance right it's, right it's like <laughs> a, <laughs> a reputation yeah, like like, right? i love what i do when i get to work with clients but unfortunately right. the industry has given itself Many reasons, a bad reputation, but I, you know I think it's doing a lot better now. Um, yeah, so you're so standing there
0: yeah. going, "Where are you going? I love what I do. Where are you <laughs> going? Why right? are you leaving? <laughs> you're like chasing <laughs> them down the way. Yes. <laughs> you don't <to> <laughs> understand. You haven't, you haven't heard me tell you yes. how bad I want this.
1: Yes, but I think I mean I think some of it now, looking back, some of it also like we said, the head in the sand. People don't want to talk about money, so there's this advisor, and then inside they know they're like oh, I'm avoiding my finances and stuff. So they're like, yeah. nope, don't want yeah. to deal with that. So the I Oster mean, I Syndrome. think there's an element of that now. Yeah. I'm now realizing
0: yeah. putting yeah. that
1: together. So and I it's a real like
0: thing. It's, just- it's yeah. a real thing. Absolutely. So so you chase all these people down, make them clients.
1: Yeah, yeah. and some stuff. <laughs> very like i i was just, like going back to it they they presented a very sales role they put you through all this training it's very salesy and again taught by these people where it's like and it felt very icky to me like it was yeah. like you have your pipeline and this and that and i was like whoa and and only like years later i learned a lot more i started working as a life coach and learning about like feminine energy masculine energy and and being in our feminine energy, you know, that stuff doesn't feel well, and it yeah. and that's why when women think like sales roles, it gets like that, oh, like because and it's and we have to change how we present it because you're like no, it's relationship building in most of these actual jobs, like and women are actually really good at building relationships, sure. and that does go to our feminine energy of being, you know, asking questions and empathetic and things like that. So um yeah so it felt really icky and it felt wrong and you know it's nothing like I, I was doing the things and getting the business and um and I would I started but it. it what really it really clicked was when I started to really lean into that whole mission of supporting women because again at first then too you're trying to be everything to anyone because yeah. you're not making like you're starting a business from scratch like yeah. I, you're like I need clients you're know, just trying to
0: grab what you can grab right <laughs>
1: Yeah. So, but then when I really stopped and said, no, why am I doing this? Like go back to my why I want to support women. I want to help women. I want women to feel like as excited about math and numbers as me. I'm like, there has to be a way. So then I started doing um, like in-person lunch and learn sessions for just women on different financial topics. So I think my very first one was called like investing one one and I invited all the women that were like, I was kind of like, well, what's going to bring women on lunch hour to this um, session? Obviously they're going to have to be nearby. So I started calling all the companies in our building um, and like surrounding buildings saying, Hey, I'm doing a session for women. It's about investing. And um, you know, would you be willing to share this with women at your office? And they did. And then it was like, you know, day comes, I order all this like sandwiches and stuff and I'm waiting and it's like, couple minutes too and no one's there <laughs> like inside like oh no this is not turning out well but right. then all of a sudden when it clicks like noon the elevators open and like swarms of women come out so they're very they're very good about being on time
0: <laughs> I love like that.
1: They, you know they can't come too early so, so yeah it was it filled up the room and it did so well and I felt like I don't even remember the experience because I was just so excited and realizing like hey there are women interested in this stuff like wow like this is what i was looking for and it's out there
0: so let me ask you this because really there's a market for this right and it's a tremendous market yeah so so when you did your first lunch and learn and this is for people that are thinking about doing this for a living too right
1: yeah
0: you did your first lunch and learn how many women showed up like how many did you have um
1: probably like 30 or more
0: yeah okay because you you know what I'm talking about right people have you hear the horror stories from people that start things and like two people show up or yeah shows up and yeah they have to go they have to do like seven or eight of them before yeah
1: to get people people. no it was my very first one and then I just kept doing them once per month and it was standing room only in the boardroom like that was you know
0: why do you know why that
1: happened no (laughs) my women are interested and I was
0: You're, you're magnetic you're magnetic. There's a whole bunch of people that if they spend any time with you at all, they'll walk through fire. I'm serious.
1: That's amazing. Because it's it's funny to me hearing that because I am quite an introvert myself. Um, Growing up, everyone said, you know, how shy that me and my sister were. And I'm like, yeah, I'm presenting to these boardrooms. And I didn't like rehearse or anything. I hadn't done a lot of public speaking, but I'm like, To me, the all I said in my head was, "I'm like, no one likes public speaking. Some people like think of like it's like their biggest fear. So if I can just go out there and do it, like I'm steps ahead. And so I always just, yeah, it's like that than death Yes, and I'm like, oh come on. (laughs)
0: Yeah, right. And one of the things we talked about yesterday, we had one of the top motivational speakers of the world on as Mm. our guest. And one of the things we talked about was. You have to get to a point when you're talking to a group of people, you have to get to a point to where you care more about them than you do about yourself. Yeah.
1: Cause then it doesn't the, matter what you yeah, do.
0: That's the real distinction. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't matter. All kinds of, you know, yeah. what can break loose, right. While you're doing yeah. this and you can say the wrong thing and you can look the wrong way and you can all those things. But if you care, see, the thing that's magnetic about you is you're on a mission.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. And your, and your passion is pure your your drive is pure so what what you're working toward is something that people gravitate to because yeah. they want to hear what it is that drives you right it's why yeah. getting your life story on tape is so important to me because i i read your bio i read i read all about you i read about your books can't wait to read your books by the way i literally, I'm looking at this going I need to know where this comes from. I need to know how this fire got started yeah. right because you have a legitimate fire in you and yeah. almost like when you got cold, you put your feet up on the furnace yeah there are people putting their feet up on your <laughs> furnace right and they're like they're like we want to be we want to be warm too, right We yeah. want to learn what she knows and we want to know why she's so passionate so one of the things that i would suggest to you if you're not doing this when you speak is tell people how you came about this like tell people why you have the spark that you have and the fire that you have you with me
1: yeah yeah absolutely
0: because they want to know they desperately want to know they want to know who in the world lit this fire right and how 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 hot does this burn yeah with me so absolutely.
1: Yeah. When okay. new advisors come to me for like ideas and suggestions or like you did, you know, what was the secret I say to them, like, go back to your why always, because you're going to have days that are like, whoa, awful and like feel like full of rejection or this and that. But when you just remember why you're doing something, it doesn't matter. as much. like, it's, it's just like, no, this is why I'm doing it. And then you go back to like that inner guidance, like the same with the book, you put a book out and a lot of like getting book sales has to do with just marketing. And, and it's kind of a game of popularity and things like that. And that's really hard because you know, oftentimes you're just like, the book is really good. Like, you know, why do I have to keep promoting it? But no one knows about it. But again, it it can be very like, then if you see like the numbers you're not selling as much as you wanted, you go back to the why. And again, for me, it was like, I wrote this book because I could reach, a woman that is outside of that circle that can't come to the lunch and learn, but here's everything packaged up in a book. So if I've done that just to one woman, like impacted one woman's life, then that was my why. And yeah. so it's like mission accomplished. Like yeah. I did what I set out to do.
0: Yeah, and people, people that are considering reading your book, that are considering buying your book, right? Yeah. They want to know where you come from. They want to yeah. know, just like lunch and lunch, right? They want to know what makes you tick. Yeah. Why do you burn so so hot, right? Why is your mission what it is? And that's a big, big thing for people because once they understand that part, then they know that they're going to be reading something that's instructional, but it's also part of your mission.
1: Yes, it's also fun. Exactly. Like it. it's like my book, when I get reviews and they say it's approachable, it's fun, there's humor. I'm like, yes, like I love being funny. And if I can somehow make money, like have a funny element to it, I'm like, Oh, how did I like that was the goal? I said yeah. when I was writing, I'm like, I want to make a book about money, but also have some humor and funniness in it. And people are like, that doesn't seem right. Like money's kind of a serious topic. And and I'm like, no, but like just lighten it up because it yeah. is a very heavy topic. And how can we lighten it up? So it does feel like you're just having a conversation with your girlfriend about right. something, right? Right. Like it's easy, it flows, and and I want money to be like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's not so it's not so intimidating, right? Yeah. If you inject some humor, people relax a little bit. Yeah. Okay, and when they're relaxed, they learn better. Yeah. That's the deal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's
0: the magic of you, and it's the magic of what you do when you write books. So, you have two books out. Correct. Right, and we're going to put a link to your books on um, on our on our on the description for the for the podcast. Are you? What are you working on currently and for the future?
1: I'm working on kind of thinking of that because um, <laughs> my two books came out just in 2023, so it's still right. quite fresh. And I'm, I guess, I'm getting more now, realizing like strategic on where I want to spend my time and right. and where can I give the most value, make money or thing. I feel like it encompasses a huge audience of who i'd want to be reading it like women of all ages and stages in their life and even men are picking up and reading it so it's not like men are not allowed to by any means um so i i mean i wanted to write something more towards young people like teenagers um young adults but the you know now i'm trying to figure out what's a creative fun way to to write something for them like we're in a time where you know we're watching tiktok and it's like our attention spans are a few seconds so how can I what is the best way to present because I think that's the pivotal moment of life with money and finances if you can start doing some of these things at a young age you are setting yourself up for massive success so it's like how do I convince the teens to do it I have all sorts of charts showing like if you started investing just hundred dollars a month at age 19 and you'd be you know a multi-millionaire by this point in time and and so we showed her and I was like, "Oh, well, why didn't I just do that?" And just like right. ever like people's biggest regret with money is why didn't I start sooner? So I'm like, "See, yeah. I got to fix that. Why don't we start sooner?" But I'm like, not only like go into the why, but I need the action. I need people starting sooner.
0: So I have an idea for you. Oh, good. And I don't know, I don't know if this is even something that's commercially viable, mm-hmm. okay? But there was a time in your life when you were asking your mom for a Nintendo. mm
1: mm-hmm. Mhm
0: and your mom turned to you and said, why don't you buy it yourself? Okay. How about if you did this? What if you wrote a book for kids on how Mm -hmm. to get what they want?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Right? Get what
1: they want, I love
0: it. So let's say they want a car. Say, here's how you save up for a car, okay?
1: Yeah.
0: And what they can do is they can take their money and they can take their money and put it in a in a stock account. Yeah. Buy Microsoft or whatever, right? Whatever yeah. it is. You know, it could be Coca-Cola, it could be whatever you invested in that you won your stock contest, yeah. with, right? But invest in that and let that grow while you're out there earning more and more money and you potentially can and you what happens is you start them on the path of getting used to having a stock account.
1: Yes. Right. Practice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then as life goes, they just continue with that because all of a sudden they realize, wow, I was able to buy that car much faster because of the power of compounding. Mm
1: -hmm. I was
0: able, you with me? Yeah.
1: So they see the results in something maybe smaller. Because the
0: thing that's the thing that's most topical for them is what's right in front of them. And it might be an iPhone, right? It might be the the new Apple goggles that I'm obsessed over, right? It could be It could be anything,
1: yeah. So the instant thing gratification, that they, yeah.
0: right? And I mean, I've, I've had more people on that are like, I wanted to buy a car. I wanted to buy a car. I wanted to buy a new car. And my parents were like, no. And then my grandparent, my grandfather gave me a car and it was fine. And it got me where I needed to go, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, they didn't turn to them and say, well, if you want a new car that bad, here's how you do it. Yeah. Here's the framework. Here's the step-by-step.
1: Yeah. But that's it. Like, I want it to be like, here's how you do it. Because I want everyone, because that feeling. Well, that's what I'm saying. You You're have? filling in yeah. that blank,
0: right? Because not every kid has your mom.
1: To say, this is how you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good feeling. Like, I think it changes everything. And it does. For me, seeing it from a woman's point of view, it's so important. And And men can get behind it too, because how long have women thought, you know, I need, a man to yeah. achieve my financial goals. I need yeah. a man to help take care of me financially. Like if, if there's any women that still believe that, like that needs to stop. Like we need to follow shot for good of like this independence. Like I can get these things on my own. So we don't put all that pressure on a partner, right? Then a partnership is literally a partnership. And, well, and relationship you don't yeah. give up your power. Yeah.
0: Right? You bring to the relationship what you bring to the relationship. They bring what they bring, you keep your power.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And yeah. you know how powerful it felt when you bought that Nintendo. Oh, no. What if you, what if you were able to do the same thing and save up for a car? What if you're able to do the same thing and save up for college, which you yeah. did, right? Yeah. What if you, you with me? Yeah. So that's, that I think is unbelievably important. And it's important to catch them when they're young and they're thinking about, because if you look at you, if you look at some of the most successful people in the world, and I'm talking billionaires, Okay. They had paper routes, but they had paper routes because they had all this energy and their family didn't have any money and they Mm -hmm. wanted money. And so their their family was like, then go get a paper route, go do this, go do that. And they did. And they started making money and then they built it up. I interviewed a guy the other day that was a millionaire by the time he was 18 years old.
1: Crazy. That's amazing. He was a
0: millionaire. And he was a millionaire because he started parking cars. When he was like 15 years old. He didn't even have a driver's license. Apparently, you don't need a driver's license to park cars. He started he started parking cars when he was 15 years old. and He figured out that all these restaurants in his city didn't have valet services. So he went yeah. to him and said, What if I, what if I, what if, what if we did a valet service? Would you be okay with it? It wouldn't cost you anything, but it would give your clients this advantage. Yeah. They did that millionaire by the time he was 18 years old.
1: Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so it's crazy. And it's just like these ideas, but you're right, like, and the possibilities. And I think sometimes it's when we're young where it's like more, we're letting that in, right? We get yeah. older and it's like, it's like life is happening to us and money's happening to us. And it's like, I can't afford to do that. I wish yeah. I could, da, da, da and it's like Because so, we've been
0: told no 7 million times. Yeah,
1: that we've just decided that that's right. the reality. And, we forget and you're
0: battling for the positivity in the world, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm
0: I right. cannot, I cannot thank you enough for being our guest on the Mike Litton experience. This has been the fastest hour I've ever lived in my life. And I'm so incredibly proud of you. And I'm so excited to see what happens next. When you when you have your next book ready, will you come back on?
1: Of course, you help me flesh out the idea. So <laughs> you're partly to thanks for it. So absolutely. I'm always And here thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm always here for you. So if you ever need anything, reach out. You've got my contact information, okay? amazing thank you thank you everyone for listening I'm so proud of you we hope you enjoyed another episode of the Mike Litton experience if you did do us a favor smash that subscribe button tell your friends family and coworkers about our program and wherever you get your podcasts please leave us a rating it helps us to connect with quality people just like you and that's a wrap another episode of the Mike Litton experience in the books Reach out to Mike on Instagram at Litton Realty. Want to meet with Mike? Check out calendly.com slash Rio 760.